1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Soap from the Box. It's Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. It's not Sunday. Hopefully you've gathered that by now. This is a special episode because all of last week we've been supporting Mental Health Awareness Week on Soap from the Box. We spoke to Ashley Taylor Dawson and Alicia Io. Both of those episodes, of course, are still available to listen to now, along with almost 40 other episodes of the podcast, where I go behind the scenes of some of television's biggest shows. Adam Rickett is the special guest for this episode, a friend of mine, star of Corrie's, star of Hollyoaks, a great guy. And he talks to me very candidly about his own mental health struggles. My guest for this special episode is an actor, singer, model and now the owner of a craft beer, artisan gin and fine wine shop and bar. He set hearts racing as Nick Tilsley in Coronation Street, the second incarnation appeared on screen in 1997 until 1999 with a couple of guest appearances. He reached number five in the charts with his debut single, A Guilty Pleasure of So Many People, Breathe Again, and also formed the group Fifth Story, along with Dane Bowers, Gareth Gates, to name but two. Recently, he was part of a huge storyline for Hollyoaks when his character Kyle took his own life. He has had his own mental health issues and is my special guest, For Mental Health Awareness Week. It's a total pleasure to welcome Adam Rickett. Hi, Adam. Hello, Squire. How are you? I'm good. How are you, mate? A busy man (laughs) now lockdown's over.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been a bizarre old year for everybody. Um, I mean, it's like uh, you were just saying about the Holyoke storyline. I was literally filming my last scene. Uh, at Hollyoaks, in case my wife rang me to say, "Oh my God, they put this into lockdown," so I was like, "Oh God, that's the bar problem." And then, uh, during my drive home, I had three acting jobs all lined up, uh, which is basically about eighteen months' worth of work. And in the course of a forty-five minute
1: drive home, you lost you know, them eighteen
0: The world just all disappeared. So it's kind of like this
1: is not a great day. <laughs> um, no, and it well, it's been the same for so many people. Not a great year, yeah. and I think a lot of people. I mean. It, the good things come out of it for me is the podcast, the radio show and stuff, a yeah. so new way of looking at life, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it's, just, it's the same for me as well. I mean, like Katie and I, we took on, on the bar as kind of like a bit of a passion project. And honestly, I, I, I was so lucky to have it because if if I would had to sit on my bum since March last year doing nothing, I would have, first of all, destroyed the house trying <laughs> to do that DIY. Um, but also, I would have just gone back. I just literally would have completely lost the plot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm honest enough with my mental health know that I could not sit on my bum for, for you know over a year. Um so in some respects having the bar was literally saved me because and it saving, kind of, yeah. I had you know, I mean I had something which I was passionate about, also I can just throw myself into, you know, wholeheartedly. And you know, Kate and I as well, you know, it's it's kind of a third. We always wanted to do something together, like in our entire lives together. We always wanted to have a project we can do together. And, you know, we kind of thought it might be a presenting gig or an acting gig or something like that, and it's turned into alcohol, which is probably quite apt, to be honest. With the
1: terms. That's great. I was going to say gin. Artisan gin can keep anyone going through any crisis. Yeah. So yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. Everyone's kind of said to me, how do you work so hard? And I go, it's very easy. I'm in a room full of lots of alcohol.
0: It's quite yeah. easy. <laughs> and
1: a, so it's called Dexter and Jones. And so people yeah. can go, it's in Knutsford, which is yeah. in Manchester, am I right?
0: Oh, well, it's just south of Manchester. So it's, it's there, of Manchester. Sort of,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm going to visit, but people can come and sit in, eat in. You do deliveries and everything, don't you? Basically, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Beer gardens, uh, takeaways, all of it. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where it's it's kind of a whole scene becoming a bit more well known now. But kind of when we started, it was kind of like this thing on the periphery, and it's it's just it's this really nice community because yes, you can go to the supermarket and you can buy your Stella, or you can buy your Gordon's gin, but in the same way that you know that's like eating a burger compared to eating a Chateaubriand. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a
1: completely different ball game, and it's just it's really interesting getting people into it and getting them excited about it as well yeah we had a gin tasting for my friend's hen party actually it's a am- mate i was amazed how different they all were so i mean i am every day everyone's gone gin mad so we're going to whiz through everything because i know we've got limited yeah. little time so Corey, let's go back to Corey. so you had I mean, trailblazing from the beginning because you had their first gay kiss in the series ever in Coronation Street with Bruno, who I know well as well. I mean, was that a big pressure at the time to take it on such a big storyline?
0: To be honest, I found it really disappointing. Um, I found it really disappointing that it was such a big story. Um, uh, yeah, I know, I know,
1: yeah, I know, yeah. It yeah. was just like, in that
0: day and age, you know, I kind of, you know, it's like it was literally when when Coronation Street, and they were all really nervous behind the scenes about it. And I was like, why? Why are you nervous about it? And then, literally, when they did the press release, it was the front page of the Sun newspaper. And I, honestly, my my reaction to it was, I found it really disappointing that it was that big a story. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of thought went into it because it was even the fact that, it wasn't the fact that both characters were gay, it was just that, that, that Todd was gay and, you know, fancied Nick um and you know that was obviously a conscious decision they made it was like oh we couldn't possibly have two characters on screen at the same time and i was just like really in this day and age you know (laughs) even back then it was like are we still living in that so it was you know it was it was was great to be a part so big but you know my honest opinion was i was just a bit i was just a bit disappointed it was so big
1: well and you're saying right that's like back in the late 90s we've had someone on recently from home and away who've only just done their first gay kiss
0: it's just ridiculous, isn't I it? Know, just, I mean, home and have, away. As
1: much as we love home and away, the home and away. Come on, it's for youngsters. Come on, we should be. Yeah, it's mad. I, just,
0: I mean, I, I I remember the furore when when Brookside had the first lesbian kiss, and you know, and that was kind of like that was ground not groundbreaking, but that was kind of like the first time. It was what it was ten years later that Coronation Street did it. I, know. Um, um, I suppose uh, I the, thought...
1: the upside to all of these are that at least it's uh, if it is front page, at least it gets people talking who might not have been talking or not wanting to look at it. Do you know what I mean? So I suppose yeah, I, mean, not-
0: I would say as well is soap. I mean, I kind of always thought that's a big responsibility of soap because it does have the broadest range of audience there is. It goes everybody from like, you know, your bricklayer to your barrister. Totally, and yeah. the fact that you can actually open people's minds to conversations through soap, because it's one of those, you know, few mediums which just cross all kind of social barriers.
1: Totally. And so, I mean, I think what's interesting as well, because you were like, and I think it's Hollyoads that started this, because Hollywood started in 1995. And I think then all the other yeah. big soaps were like, oh, we need young, good-looking people in, because it really, Corrie wasn't about that, and nor was Emmerdale at the time. So you were kind of probably the first heartthrob, hunk, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that must, I think... Is that a pressure on your mental health? Because you, you've got to maintain a certain image. You're there in yeah, the absolutely. For a reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was hired totally as a reaction to Paul Nichols being in EastEnders. Um, oh, yes. so was, and he was hired probably
1: on a reaction to Hollyoaks.
0: Yeah, so yeah, he, he so EastEnders got him and um, he became like this big, big heartthrob. And then Corey was kind of like, oh my God, we need that as well. And when I got the job, I mean, it was when Brian Park was the producer and Six months later, he confessed to my agent that even if I'd just been able to talk, he was going to hire me. Because <laughs> um, I just walked in with floppy blocks. I mean, the problem for me is I used to wear a lot of rugby. So I used to have my head shaved to like a, a, a one on top once a year. And then I would just basically not cut my hair for the entire year. So when I went to the audition at Coronation Street, it was in September. So it was just after the school holidays. So it was literally when my hair was at the longest it would ever be. And my was, you know, fully intending to shave my head again. Yeah. And then the, you know, dry and park like the long floppy curtains. So suddenly I was stuck with this stupid haircut for about five
1: years. <laughs> <laughs> did, that mean did that mean you couldn't play rugby anymore because you had long hair? You? Yeah. yeah. But,
0: you know, when, the thing is as well, when you joined Conor you had to sign a contract so you wouldn't play any contact sports, you wouldn't do anything dangerous. Oh, um, no. Because there was so much pressure on. I mean, yeah, it was. it was kind of almost like being in a boy band when I was in you know, because there was yeah. this whole media sort of circus behind it. And it was like, you know, there was, there was dolls. There was, you know, calendars and stuff like that. Did you and- have a doll? Did you have your own doll? I had a doll, yes. That's yes. amazing. That's that's
1: amazing. My that's no, amazing it's a doll. <laughs> <laughs> a Nick Tills, was it an Adam Rickett doll or a Nick oh, Tillsley doll? It was eventually actually was an Adam Rickett
0: doll. There was a Nick Tills calendar oh, sorry, that's my dogs. background. It was a Nick Tillsley calendar. He's, um, either he's either getting very him excited him.
1: or he's getting very angry, the fact that there was a... Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He's, <laughs> <ashamed of> that. <laughs> Listen, yeah, he's going, yes, I am. Um,
1: but that, and I think what's weird is that girls, probably up until that point, it was very much focused on girls and kind of the pressure on them. And suddenly that era started yeah. being a really body image and a thing for boys. Because I remember being at university and I never no one went to the gym, no one had, no boys yeah, yeah, or had yeah, anything yeah. like that, and it was the start around kind of you and Paul Nichols and stuff that that, that image... I will notice, I kind of
0: did, I did this big expo for mental health not long ago, and it was actually, it was, somebody came up to me, a bloke who bot, uh, suffered body dysmorphia, and he, you know, he turned around to me and said, this is a, <laughs> heard of this compliment, or like the biggest, back from the compliment, but he said, basically do you realise you started the whole problem with male dysmorphia? Oh, no. <laughs> what do you mean? So because you were literally the first person on primetime TV. Well, yeah it was this from this country you kind of had like all these american ones you know like baywatch and stuff but he was kind of like you were the first person in this country so you had like the six pack and, you worked out and stuff so it suddenly opened you know it's as I say, it was, it was a
1: compliment, but also a really bad thing. Uh, no, no, yeah, <laughs> and it was bound to happen. So um, now, yeah. OK, well, we we're whiz on. Oh, actually, so then obviously you were the second incarnation and Ben Price, who I love yeah. Ben Price, who I work on, Cory took over your part. Is it slightly weird someone else playing Nick Tilsley or is it totally fine?
0: No, I mean, it's, it's, it's I kind of, I said to them when I left off from the last time I did the guest sort of, sort of I said, guys, I, I really can't come back again. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, and they asked me, bless them, year on year they kept asking me please come back Will you please come back and then it got to the point where they were like look we really need the to come back if you don't come back we're going to be cast it and i was like just just do because yeah. i you know i'm I, it's part of my life where we've gone from um so i remember this is when i was living in new zealand doing shortened street and i came home for christmas when year had to see my parents and Todd's law i got to see ben's first ever scene oh how um, weird was, yeah and to be fair it was proper proper weird i was like "This, this is very strange um, but then, even like when he left recently, when he had his source well you know, at one point he left. You know, there was even again, you know, kind of questions about whether I'd come back or not. But you know, he's thankfully gone back too now to
1: it. So you know,
0: yeah. I, and I, we I, all know. Humor. I
1: mean, everyone tries to make issues of things. We all know things. I mean, Australia does it the best. They just cha- if someone's ill for two weeks, they change someone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You they need they to just... go to the shop, you come back as a different person, yeah, someone else. So we'll yeah. quickly talk music. So obviously, you left in ninety nine. You had the huge hit. Uh, yeah. it was a great hit but I mean at that time and keeping mental health in mind yeah. I mean literally I remember I worked on The Ozone at the time which was a big music show with Jamie yeah yeah, yeah
0: yeah but that was when and you basically, wouldn't believe how much I fancied Jamie the at
1: the time. The So did interview. I she did an interview well, God, That's a- <laughs>
0: yeah, I know
1: uh, well I probably fancied her and Jamie Teetson to be honest both. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did an
0: interview with me and literally I was completely sticking with her for about the next year
1: she was, she yeah. was, you know what, Jay, all big up to Jane. And I met her recently in Soho, but she is one of the best presenters, I think. She was amazing. Yeah. Such a great Yeah, person. yeah, yeah. But um, all pop stars at that point were literally, it was like they were package wrapped and delivered. You know, you were a product. Yeah. So did it that, was very was that also hard, thing. again, you had an image to maintain there, didn't you? Was that, is that, yeah. Hard? hard thing. It is. I mean, it was because
0: basically I, you know,
1: again, I kind of left my most
0: I was like, oh, thank God, i cut my hair And the record label. Was like, nope, they're putting it in the contract. You can't cut your hair. Um, I was told what to wear. I was, and you know, it's very different ball to now because nowadays musicians make their money and record companies make their money by doing live gigs yes. because of streaming and everything like that. So album sales make no money. Single sales make no money. It's all about doing live gigs. Well, back in my day, it was all about single sales and album sales. So, yeah, you know, I mean, you needed
1: to make a big, yeah, film.
0: yeah, and that's how the record companies made their money. So, I, I, you know, I, I, what I did it for two years, and I sang live once in two years, and it wow. wasn't because I didn't want to; it's because all they cared about was you doing press. So, you was literally you was there was this whole system in place that when you were releasing a single, you did photo shoots for a month. Because that took the longest to get into print. Then you did a, a month of radio interviews, and then you did a month of TV interviews, and you just literally did this circus each time. And you know, bless the journalists or the TV shows, whatever. They they couldn't really bother who you were. So they just got sent your little biography on an A4 piece of paper, yeah. And they picked questions by reading your biography. So I spent like a year answering the same same questions. Things.
1: Yeah. And also, so, I worked on the Saturday show and you you put them in, you know, people got put in sumo suits. and You'd be put in like, yeah, kind of bags, yeah, yeah. And, like and you could see people just fu- firstly trying to stay awake because they were so tired from touring the entire world. And also, just, yeah. oh, what is this? It's such a different world to today.
0: It's, yeah, it was. I mean, I, I, you know, bless the record company. I mean, I, I signed a 6 album, deal, which was worth a fortune. Um, and before the first single even came out, I said to them, look, look I've made a mistake. I'm sorry, I want out. I, I, this is not me. I hate it. Um, yeah. And they were very good about it. They kind of said, Look, we've invested a lot of money in you recording your album. Could you release the album so you make back your money? We make back our money and then we'll release you from the contract. And I was like, Brilliant. Thank you. So, work like a dog to make the album do well enough to make them back their money. And we're just literally going to get released when suddenly they decided to release it in Southeast Asia. And long, blonde, floppy hair in Southeast oh, Asia. You must have been
1: crazy. Yeah. It you know, went yeah.
0: like, it went like platinum in Southeast Asia so suddenly they didn't want to release me so it kind of got a bit tricky at times because it's kind of like i want out you don't want to release me you want me to do an album for Southeast Asia so kind of like thankfully lawyers stepped in and i managed to get out of it because i just otherwise again i just think it would have it just put me very much in a hole it was things like you know i had a group of dancers who did i breathe again with i became really good friends with my dancers and then one day I suddenly got a phone call from my manager saying, look, I'm sorry, the record company's been on the phone. They've decided you're too close to your dancers. We're firing them all and hiring you some new ones. Oh my God. And like, so suddenly I had, you know, these people who i almost felt like I was in a group with. Yeah. Suddenly just, just one yeah. day I turned yeah. up and they were gone. Um, so it was, it was very lonely. And it wasn't, you know, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a northerner and I knew nothing about London. So, but the record company were like, you need to move to London so that we've got you here for all the interviews and stuff. So I was like, fair enough. And I ended up living in this flat in London. I just never went out. Literally, I was, because, no. you know, my friends had been fired. I was there in this flat on my own.
1: And you, I just, literally, literally, you can't go out. I always say kids need to watch like the Whitney documentary and stuff because it's not, a we, our world portrays this really glamorous lifestyle. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not fun, but it can be, I think, majority-wise, really hard. And you need to at least know what you're letting yourself in for, for that music world and the acting.
0: Yeah, it's also because back then, you've got to remember, there was no social media.
1: So, yes.
0: as, a, so yeah. as a, as, a, as a, actor or as a singer you had no kind of like direct communication with public so that meant the press could just write anything they wanted to about mm-hmm. you yeah. and you had no comeback so I used to literally live in fear of Saturday because Saturday okay.
1: was kind of like celebrity day in the tabloids yeah and, oh, and Sunday so, was news of the world day that was the worst wasn't it yeah
0: <laughs> and if they didn't have a story on you they'd literally just make I mean I've spoken friends with a lot of those journalists now and they're kind of like look, you know, mate we were just lazy if we didn't have a story we'd just make something up or if I came into yeah, yeah, working yeah. a bad things I would just decide to ruin somebody's career because they'd me off when I watched them on TV yesterday. Um, so you did, you lived in this permanent state of just, you know, fear because you didn't know what somebody was going to write. I know mean, there, there was one point my mum counted out because she used to be called the paper for things. And in a year with Celebrity Saturday and Sunday, I was literally in the paper 42 weeks in a row oh with God, some sort wow. of story. Yeah, and it just, so it did kind of become like you were living underneath this microscope with no, I mean, that's the great thing now is that somebody says something about you wrong you, you have a direct communication to the audience. Say sorry, this is bull. But you just yeah. didn't. Although have that I pattern. think
1: at the same time, what's bad now is anyone can say what they want to you. Which obviously, to a lot, yeah. of people, to a lot of people, is very. Um, which I mean, I've been speaking a lot about this. Is there is an easy way to control trolling, which is to get rid of them, which they can, they're able to do, and they don't. So you know, I think yeah. a lot more needs to be yeah. done. But we'll go on to because you obviously have been very open with your seventeen year battle with mental health, yes. and the fact that you felt suicidal and stuff. Obviously, in Hollyoaks, Kyle. Took his own life. I mean, it must. Uh, there's not many people I don't think who played a story like that who've had an actual, you know, big uh, problem uh, themselves. So yeah. it, it's amazing. Did you find it uh, not useful, but I mean, how was it playing at this role that in the end saw him take his own life?
0: Do you know what? It was, it was when they first said it to me, it was kind of like my first reaction was, wow, you know, and then kind of, then it was kind of like pride because, because, you know, Brian had said to me, the, the producer, um, this is, you know, it's the first time we've ever done it. And you're the only actor we feel like we can trust with it in the show. You know, we really want you to do it justice. Um, actually, it would be a great juxtaposition to how the character had been portrayed up to that point. Yeah. Um there was the pride. Then, you know, there was this element of fear because, you know, it had been a period of my life which, you know, from the age of, like, you know, 13 to, to 30 um, had been very much part of my life. And, you know, you know thankfully I came through it. But a lot of people don't. Um, but then it was kind of like, I got very g up about it in some respects, and I said you know, I said to, I said to the, the writers, and I said to the producer, look, I'm sorry, I don't want to just receive a script off you in three weeks' time. I want to have meetings with you, and I want to be involved in this creational process. Oh, brilliant. So we did, we had like, you know, three or four sort of script meetings where, you know, It was a a horrible situation in some respects because literally we all sat around the table and it was like, has anybody here not been affected by suicide? Whether it's somebody you know killing themselves, or whether it's you yourself being on that cusp. Um, And there wasn't a single people in a room of like 30 people who hadn't been touched by suicide. Wow. Um, So it was, you know, it's a story which is very, very close to people's hearts. And that's why, you know, it was really important that, you know, I felt like we... We did it justice, and I'd always sort of said about Kyle, and i said it all along to be fair not just even when this story came out. I always said he was like um I the name of the woman from the beach, but who kept his face in a jar by the side of the door. Right, yeah, he yeah, painted yeah. on this very extrovert sort of face, and it, that is ninety-nine percent, you know, how it is. or not normally, it's the person who's the most extrovert, who's the the happiest. Apparently, they are the ones who usually, nor more, more often, not are dying inside. Um, yeah. So it was, you know, to me it was, it was very important and it was, you know, it's very personal. And, you know, even now I still get messages from people saying, you know, literally that episode saved my life yeah.
1: because it made
0: me, you know, stop, pause, think. And, you know, when I was had my mental health issues, it was just kind of, it was almost like this, you just stand there and there's just this you know, endless fog in front of you. And you kind of think, this is all I've got. You know, I, 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 I'm I, never going to get better because I'm always going to feel like this. Yeah, Is there just the point? I mean, people kind of, when people sort of really get to that point of suicide, it's what stops them prior to that is kind of like, oh, my family will be upset or, oh, you know, people will think I'm weak or whatever it is. And that kind of is what holds you back from making that final step. But when you get to a point where you're literally standing over this, like, almost like into a black hole, an endless black hole, but I mean, it's just like, it's never going to improve. I just can't be bothered anymore. And that's when people do it. It's because they just can't be bothered anymore to face it because it's just yeah, not worth
1: I, I think, I mean, I've lost, we lost my neighbour to suicide, Rebecca, so yeah. she, and I think it's that point that um, they just think that everyone, they, look, we say, you said then, like, you think about your family. I think they get this point of going, everyone will actually be better without me. Do yeah. You know what I mean? and, and, yeah. And it's almost like you give up caring about anyone else. You just... Are in that moment with you is the only way i can think of it do you know what i mean
0: yeah i mean it's cuz people sort of say oh I'm so sad, so selfish and it is selfish because the impact it has on other people but you've got to remember when you're at that point and you're the person going through it it's because you just genuinely feel like not only will people be better off without you but you just feel like there's just no place for you in the world anymore so there's just no point in you being here and you know if there's no point in you being here why should you have to go
1: through the you know this permanent state of misery you know what's yeah. the point of doing it I mean, and the, we know this year there's been a lot of people suffering. So listen, out there, this week's been about supporting Mental Health Awareness Week. Obviously, there's a, we'll put all of details of loads of different places you can go. Adam is a shining example of being he's opened up about his mental health and he's still here. There is a way through. Um. So thanks. Okay, okay, can, I, can I just say as well, They're just on that whole mental yeah. health subject, it's,
0: it's, it's, the, the easiest way, people, are, there is still stigma and there is still kind of like this sense of shame and stuff like that. It's the most stupid, benign like a metaphor I can use but essentially people need to think of their mental health as being a balloon so every single one of us has a balloon in our mind and every single time something bad happens whether it's an argument with somebody or not getting a job or your mum dying or your dog dying or whatever it is a little bit of air goes into that balloon and inflates it a bit more and that just grows that gets more and more inflated and what happens over time is that women talk so you know with all this bad stuff going on and inflating the balloon, women talk and what happens is it lets out a little bit of the air so it never bursts the reason so many men commit suicide is because we don't talk to anybody i'm not saying you have to talk to them about the big deep meaningful things even if it's just talking about cheese to them for half an hour it doesn't really matter because it doesn't matter who you are and what you do every single balloon will burst at some point for some people it won't take a lot of pressure For some people it will take a lot of pressure it doesn't matter. Everyone will reach a breaking point. So there is no embarrassment and there's no stigma. You just need to learn to talk to somebody.
1: Exactly. And to know that most people have got their own little things in their head and you're not alone. You know, It's not going to be a big revelation yeah. to someone that you're worried about things or there's a problem because most people do. So, no, it's amazing to have you on. Thanks, Adam. And good luck with everything. And I will definitely come and see you soon in your place. Cheers, buddy. I shall ruin you. Thank you. But yes. <laughs> Thanks so much to Adam for being so open and so honest. I know it's such a help to other people when they hear people, especially like Adam in the limelight, talking about their own problems. So thank you so much to Adam. We are back in a few days' time with two more episodes of Soap from the box. As usual, I would like to thank David Stevens and The Boffy for their edit and technical wizardry and Ian McCallum for all of his press help. Please do reach out if you are feeling low or please do listen to people who might be feeling low as well. Let's all be there for one another. Mental health really does matter and let's stop the stigma that it's bad to talk about it. Let's talk openly, honestly and help each other. Have a safe and happy rest of the week.